she's great. Or there are these like two, um, she hooks up with these two robbers who are kind of like, um, at the same time. No, 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 not like this. Shut up. God damn it. Welcome to Pajaiba, the Pajaiba Television Podcast. Uh, I'm Pajaiba contributor Dan Hamamura, and with me, as always, are Deputy Editor Tori Preston. Hello, Dan. And Pajaiba hitmaker Dustin Rolls. Hello, Dan. Hits because, you know, it's a website and people, you know, hits are, hits are how we generate revenue. So not like an assassin. Not like an assassin and not like a, like a music exec in Nashville in the 50s. Okay. <laughs> but all of those things. Um, this week, uh, we're gonna we're gonna. It's gonna be. We'll talk about Watchmen, obviously, because we have to. But uh, it. We're gonna talk about the end of the year. Uh, people have been making their lists of, you know, best shows of the year, best shows of the decade. We're gonna do our own version of that. Although uh, everyone is limited to three shows because uh, we don't have time. And if we tried to do 10 or even five, this podcast would be two hours and nobody has time for that. So, uh, so it's, it'll be top three. Everyone will, uh, be mad because they can't put more on the show. But, uh, first of all, as always, or, you know, when we remember what's we everybody just drinking, edit out your two lists and use mine since it's Dustin, the only one that matters. You, you, you continue, you continue to believe that your opinion <laughs> is the only one and is correct, which is a very... Uh, cis Whiteman uh, <laughs> way to look at Great. the world. But <laughs> He's going to be rudely, you know, disappointed when he finds out how in sync Dan and I are. All I'm saying is that I, I made my list public on the on the Google Doc, and uh, so you guys already know what I'm coming in with. Right. And I'm going to have to reject your opinions on the fly. Um, but... Uh, the, that rejection will be fueled by some kind of uh, sake, which I'm drinking, which I don't know what it is because it's in Japanese and I don't read enough Japanese to know what it says. But a friend of mine was in Japan and came back and gave me a bottle. So that's what I'm drinking. That sounds Corey, lovely. What about you? Um, it's good. I'm having some red wine. It is a uh, really fine vintage, 2018. Mm. Uh, Beaujolais. It's a good year. It is a, well... Uh, there have been better years. Well, it was yeah, a sure. year. It was a, a year uh, <laughs> that I was alive for. And uh, it's a Beaujolais Villages, which I'm sure you're supposed to say with like a French accent, but <laughs> I'm more or less French-Canadian, so I'm not going to bother. And I am also, I am having an Allagash White, but in a, a tall boy oh. Allagash White. Does that make it fancy? Well, I, I don't know. There's more of it. But will it be enough for you? Well, I got two that I brought into the room with me. Okay. If I need more, I can go get more in the other room. That's true. We get it, Dustin. You have more than one room <laughs> in your house. You're real fancy. Uh, Beers in every room. Yeah. Uh, you know what else is fancy, Tori? What, Dan? Uh, it's a little town called Riverdale. Uh, very fancy people. They have lots of crazy problems, and uh, we're going to hear about it from Dustin. Thanks to Dustin's Riverdale recap, 
As always, Dustin will bring us all the happenings from Riverdale in 30 words or less. But today, because we don't have time, we're not allowed to ask follow-ups. So, Dustin, I hope your recap is comprehensive because we 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 don't have, we just can't ask any questions. So, yes, sure. All right, here we go. Let me crack my knuckles here. <laughs> Cheryl's mother has been hiding in the walls and tormenting her daughter because she's jealous of the relationship that Cheryl has with her brother's corpse. So Cheryl decides to give Jason the Viking funeral he deserves and sets the three-year-old corpse on fire and pushes it out to sea. (laughs) Oh, man, I have so many questions. (laughs) I'm sorry, Dan. We We won't be taking questions tonight. This is not fair. So that's Dustin's Riverdale recap. This is not fair. I feel like you saved that for an episode where we, as you know, Dustin makes these up, just, you know, imagines them because there's no way that the show would be this insane. That's true. Uh, but um, anyway, thank you, Dustin, for that. Uh, of course. For, for your recap. And uh, we'll have many questions in the new year, I'm sure. We have to remember um, exactly what he said so we can follow up on the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we have one more, one more uh, update or recap or to. I'm not doing good with my words already, and it's it's we're not that far into the episode. That's Look, fine. all I'm saying is that this sake is good. Uh, <laughs> uh, Nowhere to go but up or but asleep. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, one more one more recap. It's uh, Tori's Castle Rock update. Uh, this let's just pretend that I had a good introduction for this, but uh, again. Uh, we're not allowed to ask follow-ups, so I hope Tori... Tori's going to guide us through what happened in uh, in Castle Rock. <laughs> Castle Rock, which is basically Riverdale. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Castle Rock finale, uh, and I'm going to do less words than Dustin. <clears throat> Annie Wilkes became Paul Sheldon's number one fan. Well done. Thank you. That's Tori's Castle Rock <laughs> Uh, as always, Tori, excellent work. It's a very, very good clear. I have no questions, unlike Dustin's, you know, whatever nonsense he said. I don't even remember what he said. Yeah, because I don't know. It was it a was, it was wordy. Uh, you, know, you lose track. It was wordy. Yeah, sorry. It, it was a run-on <laughs> sentence. Uh, it didn't make any sense. No. Sounded like something he had just Gibberish. made up. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm not uh, sure Riverdale's a show. That's true. Nope. Because who would make a show, an insane show, about you know, based on the Archie Comics universe? That doesn't no. doesn't sound exactly. like a normal thing. Bodies. What? You guys remember the corpse from the Archie comic books, right? That they kept in the basement. <laughs> the one with the, the rat. The corpse that had a rat. In it. <laughs> uh, Archie's pet rat. All right. Well, so we've done right. our, our quickie updates. Yep. We've done our due diligence. Yes. Uh, kept up, uh, kept all of the fans updated. Uh, but now it's time to dig into uh, the, the big show of the year, of the, the big finale of this past week. Watchmen ended. Uh, the season finale aired on Sunday. Um, the, I, I'm going to ask you for your initial reactions, although I assume that they will be some form of, it was amazing, which is basically <laughs> how I feel. But you guys are better with words, so... Not um, really. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was fine. Um, I really liked it, but I also... There's a butt? Why? Why is there a butt? 
No, 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 no. So there's no, not a real butt. Uh, I, I loved it, but there was one moment in it that had me, because I, I don't think that there needs to be another season. And I think that's a big question that people are, you know, could he come back? You know, could Damon Lindelof do more? What would it look like? And it really did feel like a, a totally self-contained show. Mm-hmm. However, my favorite scene in the whole thing was when Gene Smart's Lori Blake and uh, and Tim Blake Nelson's uh, mirror guy <laughs> were in Ozymandias' lair and they decide to arrest him and their interplay was so good that I'm like... Oh my God, do you want a rom-com spinoff? I want... I don't... Not even a rom-com. <laughs> I want, like, them to do their own X-Files. Like, I just... Mm-hmm. I want the two of them in their new little owl plane flying around. <laughs> like, that's all I want. I will watch that show. I would watch the shit out of that show. <laughs> so it was one of those, you know, of of the, you know, finale where lots of things happened, mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, spectacular things and things that you might have predicted and things that you definitely didn't predict. And Wait, did anybody predict that Fight was there the whole damn time? No. No, that, that was, was that was a surprise. Amazing. And that was uh, really good. the coolest surprise. I will yeah. say, I think. Actually, Vite had for me the the two best reveals, um, which was one was that that he had been there the whole time, which was cool, and the other one was that that uh, that the uh, uh, the game warden was a setup that he had set it up because uh, he was yeah. just like I'm bored, I need something to do. Yeah, um, and I kind of loved that because I was like because that. That made it lock in, and like everything that had happened in his little side story suddenly made sense in a way that it didn't really. Uh, like you know, just as an example, um, his uh, one of the Crookshanks was had like winked to him during his trial, and the idea that this game warden you know kind of existed at all and seemed like it was kind of going against uh, against their programming and had kind of led the the servants into this world where they were you know. They loved him so much that they would turn on him, um, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just like that that was in in the end. It was just like a game that he had set up for himself because he was like, "I need to. I'm gonna be bored." I need. It something. is cool, except yeah. that they devoted like ten minutes of every episode to something that ultimately didn't matter. But that was fine. It was fun. I think it was fun, and I think it was worth the reveal in the end. Like, I think that if it had continued to be this ancillary story, it would have been, you know, more disappointing, but not, you know, thematically, I was kind of expecting it to always be this separate thing. Mm-hmm. And the way in the past couple episodes, it, it looped back around. And the fact that he was present with the characters as the events happened, and he's the one that, you know, saved the day, essentially. Like right. That made it all worthwhile to me because, it was easy to get frustrated with those diversions early mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but also the fact that him, I think the better part of that was he saves the day, but still gets arrested. Like the, I, you know, when you're talking about heroism or whatever, this guy who, who genuinely believes he is better and he has the right to do all this stuff, like him saving the day killed a lot of people. Right. <laughs> and, you know, and he still hasn't paid for what he'd done before. And mm-hmm. his way isn't always right. And if anything, like, because the legacy of his behavior 
is what gave rise to his daughter, what inspired, you know, Lady True to, to try to create this whole mess. Right. And his, his rejection of her as a, um, yeah, his, his rejection of her is also what fueled her to basically do everything that she did. Including up to outdo him, right? Yeah. Up to and including saying, "Oh, I'm going to kill Doctor Manhattan. I'm going to, I'm going to piggyback on this plan, and and then you know become a god myself." Um, yeah, and I did like the way that those the two plots were kind of woven because you do kind of think for a long time that she's this mysterious good that's operating, and that Seventh Cavalry is the bad, and it's like no, she's just allowing. She is fully aware of what they're doing. She's allowing them to do it, and then she's gonna ride in and stop them. You know, she's against them, but she's using them. Right. And she's she's even worse. Like right. <laughs> Much in the same way that uh, that Judd uh, and the like, there was a balance between Judd and his work as a, as a police officer and the Seventh Cavalry because they're like, oh, we're gonna. Um, like they're they're coexisting for a very specific purpose, which yeah. is that they're 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 trying to reach this end where they can take Doctor Manhattan. But she's also on on top of that saying, uh, oh, "Okay, I'm going to let all of this exist because I have a plan that's bigger yeah. than all of this." And I also think you know early on there was a bit of you know between um, the senator and and certainly Judd being even though, you know, he died early on, but you, mm-hmm. there, there was still this question mark because they, especially when the Senator comes in and kind of starts revealing his involvement, um, and Judd's involvement. And it was this idea of, yeah, we know the seventh cavalry are, are racist jerks, but we're, we're using them. If we control them and we control the cops, mm-hmm. We we can monitor everything that's happening. It's better to have them in our pocket where then kind of just being loose cannon. So it almost wanted you to think maybe they're not that bad. And in the end, it was like, no, he is also just an absolute white supremacist asshole. Right. <laughs> like, right. It's the, it, it really goes the other way where they're like, oh, we're embedded with the cops because then we can plan together. Exactly. Like it was I, I, I appreciated that they they reined that back a bit. Right. <laughs> um, um, Sevenwell had the best line on uh, Senator King Jr., <laughs> which was uh, after the death, which said, uh, not great, Blob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So what did you guys, I mean, I know Lindelof has kind of given his, his uh, he doesn't think the ending was... Um, Ambiguous, uh, no. Yeah, ambiguous at all. And I, I didn't think so either, but I also absolutely, you know, when they were going to that scene, I totally was like, they're not going to show her walking on water. Right. Um, so do you think, despite what he he intended, do you think there is any ambiguity there? No, I mean, they spent the last two episodes building toward this sort of reveal that, mm-hmm. so no, I don't think the so. I mean, otherwise, the <laughs> yeah, right, I, I, and then... You have to see me stand and walk on the water. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't. Uh, I didn't think it was ambiguous either. Um, in part because this is a show that has been pretty straight. I mean, not that they haven't, you know, cleverly hidden their clues, but they've been pretty straightforward about no. what you know when something means something. It's like no, no. This is not a head fake. This is real. Yeah. Um, so there's no. Based on the rules that they've set up, there's no reason to doubt that this would uh, follow that 
you know, that pattern that like, you know, they're like, no, we foreshadowed eggs. We foreshadowed literally him talking about transferring his powers through an egg. Um, so, you know, so there's no reason for you to doubt it. Um, so I, 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 okay. I have one small question. Okay. So he, did he, or did he not transfer some of his power to hooded justice? Otherwise, how did Hooded Justice grab the eggs out of the boiling water, drink the super hot coffee? Mm-hmm. How is he still alive? At 105, stand <laughs> right. up, yeah. So he must have gotten some power from him, right? I think so. Um, my guess is that it would show that there's a way to, to transfer a limited amount of power. Versus, so it's not like you know he to to prove kind of kind of to prove the concept that he could make him a superhero kind of in the human version of that right. without turning him blue basically. Which is right. essentially, I mean, Angela didn't turn blue either. Right, right. Um, so yeah, so I, I think that that I think that it's to me it's clear that he did that and he did it in a and he did, and th- but that's uh, evidence that Angela. It further backs up that Angela has probably now has powers of some kind. Yeah, I wrote about it on on the site this morning, but uh, I love that the the Vite reveal that he's inside the statue the whole time was inspired by Saw Two. <laughs> so I haven't Absolutely. seen Saw Two, but that's it's you're not missing it. It's terrible, yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious that well, that's now where I don't, you got it. Now I don't need to because I've seen right. this episode. Um, so going back to Tori, your your question about whether or not there should be a season two, this definitely does feel like a self-contained, uh, you know, kind of more than most, it feels like a, a self-contained show where they're like, no, this is it. This story's done. Um, you don't have to, uh, you know, we don't need to do another season. But is there anything that you would want to see outside of obviously, obviously the buddy cop show? With uh, Laurie and uh, and uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I think that there's another moment that interested me, um, and I know it was just kind of continuing the theme, but uh, when Angela is leading um, Wills and her children back through kind of the aftermath of the <laughs> the frozen squid sickles, and right. uh, they go into her secret lair, you know, her restaurant with mm-hmm. the, the, the secret lair. And as they walk in and her oldest son sees her costume and you see mm-hmm. the look on his face where he realizes like, Oh, my mom has been sister night the whole time. Uh, right. and that realization and Angela sees him realizing it and you see her kind of go like, uh, you know, and then they move on. There's no discussion. Mm-hmm. There's no anything. So I think that, uh, especially having, seen the way uh, that a similar scenario played out in Will's memories that Angela experienced. Uh, mm-hmm. If there was another season, I would sort of like to see the the repercussions of that moment and how, you know, knowing how being, seeing Will in costume impacted her father uh, uh-huh. And essentially set him on the path that he went on, and that led to him, you know, going to Vietnam and and, and dying. Um, right. How Angela would handle it 
with her own child because I imagine, you know, her son's going to have questions, especially considering her, right. you know, her children, their parents were, co- you know, cops that died. So right. there's a lot of those themes going on, you know, that... And it was such a beautiful, just quick moment that had so much... You could sit there and go, like, this is why that matters. Like, you know, there's so many things throughout the season where, you know... Uh, so that that is... It's not, like... It couldn't be the whole plot, but that would be something. If we were to follow another season about Angela, um, mm-hmm. that would be something I'd want to see. Yeah. Dustin, is there anything that you have looming that or a pitch for season two? <clears throat> no, because <laughs> I think if they did a season two and then they would do Angela, they would have to focus on Angela necessarily because she's Angela Manhattan now. And then right. she would have to um, wrestle with her new powers. And I think that in doing so would take away a lot of the power of this season's white supremacy storyline. Right. Although there was that interesting thing where like a bunch of characters independently said like, you know, the problem with Dr. Manhattan is that he had godlike powers and he didn't do enough with them. Right. So I think that is an interesting question of like if she suddenly had, you know, whether she's as godlike as he was or not. But then, you know, is she aware of, was she ever frustrated that Dr. Manhattan didn't do more with his powers and would she be more proactive or not? I, um, I just don't know what she would, what she could do with them that would resonate as loudly as like white supremacy. Yeah. Like what other topic could they tackle? Right. Well, there, there, there's something interesting about the, I mean, this is just thinking about it from a, from a standpoint of like, okay, let's keep kind of like the, let's keep the core cast together. Cause there, there, there are versions of this where you could go to a different timeline. Uh, not, sorry, not timeline. You could go to a different, um, you know, a different period. You, it doesn't have to be 2019. It could be right. before. Yeah. So you can bring back Dr. Manhattan if you want, or you can do, you know, way in the future. So it's different characters. Um, or you can do, you know, whatever, whatever you want to do. But, um, if you wanted to try to keep it around Angela somehow, um, there's pe- people talk about how Superman is uh, boring because he's so because he's perfect, right? And there, there's a there, there whether it's true or not, there's a there's kind of a, a sense that you know Superman has is like he's like perfect and he has this uh, you know his he, he's like morally just and he he's he's a boy scout and so he has no conflict like he doesn't have um um it it makes him but it makes him difficult as a as a protagonist to follow Mm -hmm. because you're um because normally you know there has to be some kind of struggle um but there's something i don't know i i think that there's something interesting to follow in this world where um, you know, after they've dealt with a Dr. Manhattan who was passive and who really didn't use his powers, um, you could tell an interesting, inter- I'm not saying that they should do this, but you yeah. could tell an interesting story about like someone who genuinely says, I'm going to fix the problems and starts fixing problems and like genuinely fixing them. But then you see what problems come out of that well, because you can't actually make anything perfect. Right. And especially because Angela, like her initial beef with Dr. Manhattan, when he walked up 
to her in the bar mm-hmm. was that his the one time he flexed his godhood and ended the Vietnam War, that's what caused the backlash that led to her parents dying. Right. So she's right. already seen those ramifications of, you know, trying to fix a problem using powers. Um, so somebody in her position, you know, who has, you know, uh, a lot of, you know, she's a cop. <laughs> she's she's <laughs> intimately seen a lot of things that need fixing, but she's also mm-hmm. aware of the need or the or the dangers of doing that. Of being the one person who, so I would be, it's not that, I don't know how the story would go, but I am interested in seeing what Angela as a character would do. Would she just continue hiding them? Right. And using them for her own benefit and not letting it out or, um, yeah, I do, you know, I do think that that's an interesting prospect for her more than anyone else. Um, but there's all sorts of stuff. I mean, we haven't figured out, I mean, we there's night owl is still a loose thread um we've also got i mean what was so lube guy was pd right based on pdpedia it's pretty clear that it was pd um so why was that (laughs) what happened why right so yeah (laughs) because he only showed up once right right Yeah, yeah that's right um, had such a big presence, and yet it was barely there. Yeah. I don't even remember why. I just remember him running away. Yeah, he saw Angela. Uh, what did she do? She dumped something onto a truck or onto a, a, a boat. And he witnessed that, and then she chased him, and he slid into oh, the... Yeah. That was it. And that's it. Yeah. Well, yeah, so in his second you know, season, it had to involve putting the minute back together and him being part of that. Yeah, like, what if the events in Tulsa uh, indicate that, like, the whole masked cop experiment was wrong right. and maybe we just need to let vigilantes happen again or something? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It would be weird to have two seasons of shows set in Tulsa because Tulsa does not deserve two seasons of anything. No offense, Tulsa. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Sorry, Tulsa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but it was a very good ending. It was a very good ending. It, it was, was perfect. Uh, okay. <laughs> Dustin, that, that's actually... No, I'm glad that you said that because that leads us into our discussion of the top shows of the year uh, because I think there's no... Uh, there's no suspense as to what Dustin's number one show is. But, you know... Some of us, uh, some of us might think for ourselves rather yeah. than uh, just following the critical consensus, you know. So, yeah. okay, but seriously, uh, can you think of like a flaw in that finale, like the way it was tied up? I mean, was there a loose end that wasn't tied up, or you know, all the uh, all the uh, Chekhov's guns went off perfectly? Mm-hmm. Everything that needed to be answered was answered. Um, I think that, uh, well, first of all, as we just discussed, the lube man question uh, was not answered in the show, but, but in supplementary material. Right. So that's one thing. Again, it was one um, scene, so it's, you know, I think. Uh, how did uh, how did Red Scare and, uh, I don't remember the other uh, mass detective's Panda? name. 
Uh, <laughs> no, not Panda. The, but the but the, also the two detectives who showed up and and got rained on by frozen squid. They didn't die. How did they not die? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. How did they not die? They, they, they by, had no cover. I they should know. have been destroyed by the squid, <laughs> the and yet they're alive squid. because they're you know they're mm. characters who who have dialogue. That's right. Um, and you also, want to bring them back if there's a second season. And if we're going to nitpick. Saying, Okay, you're going to nitpick here? Okay, I'm going to nitpick. So, this was one thing that did bother me. When Ozymandias is in his little lair, and he is, like, going back through the records to find when the last time his his random program rained (laughs) the the squids on Tulsa, and it turned out it was just a couple weeks ago, so he could go find that coordinate, and then he programs it to go again. And you just see that it's the whole... the whole town, the whole city. Mm-hmm. But then when he's saying, like, you know, this is, I'm going to freeze the squid and it's going to come down and everything within a five-block radius will be obliterated. Right. So at what point did he narrow the range? Because Tulsa is larger than five <laughs> blocks. <laughs> and so, like, what's with his weather patterns? Like, mm-hmm. did he... Did he pull up? Because if he's using the old coordinates, they weren't zeroed in directly over where Lady True was doing her her metamorphosis. Right. <laughs> so that bothered me. Um, also, the newsstand guy is newsstand guy dead? We never got an answer. Oh, yeah. He was in. He yeah. was within the radius. Yeah. Yeah, but it was night. He'd gone home. He wasn't running the newsstand. He was running the newsstand when Lady True picked up her newspapers. That was night. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And what's going to happen with Lady True's uh, daughter mother? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good question. I don't know. Yeah. What, what happened with daughter mother? What happened with her trillion dollar company? Um, yeah. Well, these are questions that are not really that relevant to the story. Why was it? Why was it that her hand got destroyed by a uh, frozen squid, and then she was there, standing there for like two more minutes, and didn't get hit was again? Cool. Because the thing was over her. The big metal ball was over her so her outstretched hands were beyond Mm -hmm. the scope of it there you go but then the other squids were hitting it and that's why it crashed on her which also begs the question why didn't she just move right she just (laughs) stared stood there staring at her hand yeah which that was cool though that was that was really cool oh it was cool yeah but then nobody else like you see the cops running around in it and like they're splashing everywhere and nobody else is getting holes in them right um, I was expecting like holes, holes like the uh, like when they were shooting cows in the pilot. Right. Like, I was expecting it to be like that visceral. And gross. Yeah, there needed to be more holes. Okay. Well, notwithstanding <laughs> your petty petty gripes, <laughs> Watchmen was the best show of the year. Oh, it was it was your favorite show of the year. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was definitely the best show of the year. Well, well, I, agree I mean... to agree to discuss it. Uh, <laughs> let's. Uh, well, I guess why don't we? I I, I know that's going to be Dustin's number one, but let's go from three to one. So oh, uh, that what we're going to do? All right, all right. Uh, yeah. So well, yeah, because once you say number one, who cares about two and three? Yeah. Right. Let's. We're not doing that. Um, so again, uh, I put my top three in the document, although my number three has changed quite a bit, or it's changed over and over. But 
Uh, I want to hear what your number three shows were for the year. So, Tori, why don't you go first? I feel like Dustin. uh, No, Dustin needs to go first because he he thinks that he has his is the ultimate. So let him. (laughs) Oh, so we're gonna give him the whole list. Like work. No, 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 no. Let him go first, and that way, if people decide to agree with him, they can just turn off the podcast, (laughs) and you know. But like, no, Dustin. You know. Let the white guy. Let, yeah, you think you're yeah. right. Yeah. Right. You'll set the bar, <laughs> and then the we bar. will clear it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll knock it down. <laughs> okay. My number three is Succession. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, how could you disagree with that? Unless you Very want to put Succession show. higher. <laughs> I would not, understand that. I'm not going to disagree yet. It's a very, It's a very good show. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it's coming back. <laughs> I'm very excited to watch it. Uh, what was your number two? Mine? Mm-hmm. Oh, Fleabag. Okay. Okay. And then one, I mean, you should say it for the record, but I'm sure. Watchmen, we, yeah. Right. <laughs> so there we go. The top three shows of the year, no one denies. <laughs> It's about Dustin's that. favorite shows of the year. Yeah. We'll say that. It's, I it's don't your know why you keep saying that. Um, look, there's look there there to be to be fair to Dustin. It's a very solid list. Yeah. There's no you know, it's a very respectable top three. I don't think anyone can dispute that. Nobody's no one would say, say bad yeah, shows. I don't. I don't have an argument. I. I completely understand how those three shows ended up in your top three. Yeah. Either they're your top three, or you haven't seen those shows. I mean, there's really <laughs> no hey, other. Hey, I. You don't have to call me out like that. Victoria <laughs> <laughs> has a lot of cartoons. To watch, yes. So. <laughs> Should I go into my Wait, list? We gave you a week, Tori. You still did not watch eight episodes of Fleabag. No. Uh, you told well, there me were not like to. Flea bag. Oh, um, that's right. Uh, were there were there any shows that you really missed out on, or that you were you know you were like, oh, if I had a couple more spots, I would have loved to put them in here. Um, me? Oh, yeah. well, um, I wanted to put Better Call Saul on, but then I realized it did not air last year. <laughs> that tells you what 2019 <laughs> has been like. Fair enough. Uh, and I think the other one was Russian Doll. Okay. But nothing uh, else really competed with the top three. Mm-hmm. Because there were no other shows that were as good. Well, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's one opinion. Uh, for another opinion, how about Tori? Why don't okay. you uh, let us uh, know? I did have a very hard time uh, keeping myself to the three. Because um, there were a <laughs> lot of cartoons to watch, as you mentioned. Uh, so number mm-hmm. three. I'm giving it to DuckTales because the season finale was amazing. And... <laughs> Is this going to be one of those trick lists where all three are DuckTales? I mean, now it is. <laughs> no, but I almost gave it to... I really struggled. If we had had five, it would have been great. Because uh, I really wanted to... I kept forgetting that, like, I think Umbrella Academy aired this year. Or... Um, it, it was really yeah, good. Yeah, that was really um, good job. Good Place and actually Good Omens just for a show that I really enjoyed that will never come back and had great casting. That was just a, a show I needed this year. But when it's all said and done, I'm giving it to DuckTales. 
Um, so screw you guys. Uh, number two, <laughs> I'll give it to Watchmen. Uh, for all the reasons that we've already stated, ad nauseum. Uh, and number one, I mean, you know, as much as Dustin may may think that there's no arguing his list, I, I think that we can all agree that there's one true standout show of 2019. And that is oh, no, the Mandalorian. No, no. Yes! <laughs> yes! Yes! <laughs> oh, this is so amazing. It is, I mean, it's got to be the Mandalorian. I mean, it's got, it. it's got the guest stars. It's got the space shooties. It's got Baby Yoda. It's so relaxing. It's a mm-hmm. half an hour. You know, it's just great. Oh, that's the best. That was the best. I I am so excited by your list, Tori. Thank you, Dan. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's refreshing to have someone who has a real you know, uh, 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 perspective on television that's that's different from, you know, the what I'd like to call traditional criticism. <laughs> you know, like some people, uh, like yeah. Dustin Roll, <laughs> like Dustin. <laughs> James Emery Rolls. I appreciate that you use your top spot to troll. (laughs) This is, I don't know what you're talking about. I took this list very seriously. Did you not notice? You know what's funny? It was so hard for me to put DuckTales at number three. (laughs) (laughs) What's funny to me is that I have none of the, my, my list has zero of the three. From Tori, and yet I agree completely with Tori's list. Yeah. Which somehow, somehow, mm. both things are true at the same time. It's you know that's the magic of year-end lists. I mean, I think right. that the the real message here, Dan, is that you and I are right. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what and, we say. Right. And now, 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 to be fair, Dustin's list is also correct in a way. In a way. You know, in, in a, a way. So, in a different. Lesser. It would way. have been more right. correct if it had the Mandalorian. That's what you're saying. Well, in number one, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it would have been, uh, you know, it would have been a uh, look. Look, Dustin, you have your 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 opinion, and the, these are all fundamentally mm-hmm. these are all our opinions. And opinions are, you know, we all get to have them. We all get to. They get to are express. like what? What is it they say they are like? Uh, Dustin, this is a this is a PG podcast, and I don't I don't uh, appreciate you trying to bring in lewd uh, lewd phrasing into into the show. Uh, but but to to answer your question, it's uh, it's uh, opinions are like assholes. Everyone has. Them. Uh, I've got a lot of them. Oh, dear. a lot of assholes. <laughs> yep, uh, I'm sticking to that. <laughs> Uh, for me, there were many shows that I wanted to put on this list. Three is far too few. Uh, whoever decided that we could only talk about three shows is an asshole. Uh, and, uh, but I just wanted to mention very quickly some of the honorable mention shows that I had, uh, which include Watchmen, because it's not in my top three, uh, Succession, which is not in my top three, Russian Doll, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Broad City, Sherman Showcase, Catastrophe, Barry, Beep, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, You're the Worst, Fosse Verdon, I Think You Should Leave, Perpetual Grace Limited, (laughs) The Mandalorian, and The Expanse. Um, That's what he's just cheating left and right here. 
I'm look. Uh, I don't know who made the rules, but I'm breaking them. So, and I get shit for going a word over on Riverdale. No, you have to well, understand that's... now. I, I'm. I thought Dan and I had an agreement about the Mandalorian, and now that I know it's only got an honorable mention, somebody decided to take this list seriously. <laughs> so you know. Well, you haven't heard my top three yet. Uh, so it's all ducktails. Uh, which, which, as you guys might know, uh, I've been struggling with. Number three for me is a good place. Um, yes. It's, it should be higher, uh, but it was... I don't want to say this, Dan. You don't want to what? I don't want to say this, but I'm going to say this. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and, I, I, and I'm not saying it to be a troll mm-hmm. or to be an asshole, but season three yes. was not very good. Season four? No, season three. And <laughs> the first few episodes of season four were not that great. Uh, Dustin, anyway. I don't want to say that you're wrong, but you're wrong. You've had your moment. Now, up until the uh, uh, until they figured out the the point system. When that the whole point system, the first few, it just it didn't work. You mean in season three? No, no, in four. What, what season are we in now? This is season four. Correct, okay. The first few episodes when they were, you know, back in the good place and rerunning it with the new people, mm-hmm. the first few episodes, it, did, it didn't work. Um, Until the Derek thing in the end. And not Derek. What was his name? Brent? Did you just confuse... Jason Mantzoukas is Derek <laughs> with Brent. Well, Derek and Brent are both asshole names. The, they're very different characters. They are, I know. Um, first of all, one of them is uh, is Jason Mantzoukas. Yeah. So that should, right there, that I know, should, I you know. know. I know, I know, I know. Um, <laughs> no, look, I mean, I mean, to be... To be perfectly honest with this choice, we didn't have this podcast over the past four years. Um, it's a little bit of a Return of the King, you know, legacy. I'm rewarding them for their career kind of okay, uh, placement. Um, it's not, it hasn't been the it, best season. Okay, but thank you. It's, it, it locked a little no. in the beginning. Right, but compared... Uh, to me, it's in, it's in comparison to Fair. Uh, season one and season two, which were... Um, you know, probably the best at, at that time, especially since that was a couple years ago now, they were probably the best shows on TV to me. Um, season three and season four are, you know, they're, they're constantly reinventing themselves in a way that I think there's a certain amount of churn of like plot churn that you, you can't really keep up with. Like yeah. it's unfair to just the amount that they've had to reinvent that show every season yeah. is insane. Um, and, you know, and every time we watch it, we get a little bit smarter and we understand the show a little bit better and we're expecting their turns uh, more and more um, in a way that, you know, makes it makes their job harder. So uh, is it the best season? No, I don't think so. Um, I still thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I think that last episode with the, the letter in the end, that, that, was, that was season one good. Yeah. Right. And that's the thing is that they can still hit those highs this deep into a show, into a serialized show where the audience is expecting these kinds of things, I think it's really impressive. I definitely cried during that episode. Yeah, yeah. That was a fantastic yeah. episode. Um, also, um, this season had more Mark Evan Jackson. 
that's true. Which is largely why I nominated DuckTales. So, you know, I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, Mark Evan Jackson's in DuckTales? Yes, Dustin. Sorry. That was the season finale twist, too. I don't want to spoil it, but it's it's really great. And moving forward, I, I, there are big things for Mark Evan Jackson. In DuckTales. In DuckTales. Okay. Yes, and in life, probably. And in life. He's doing very well. Yeah. Um, anyway, I think it's funny that also there's more discussion on my list than you two. But uh, I'm going to keep going. Uh, number two is Fleabag for me. Um, uh, it's just, it's such a singular show. Tori, you have to watch it. Um, it's not, no, it's, it's unlike... I know. It's unlike anything I've seen in a way that, like, even... So, as as good as Watchmen is, and I'm I'm half trolling with this, but also because it, it... Legitimately, Watchmen is an incredible show, but it is an incredible television show. Yeah. Um, versus Fleabag is something else. I don't know what it is. I don't know that I'm smart enough to, to be able to say, but it's so, mm. it's such a singular focus. And, like, there's so much, like, specific vision from from uh, from Phoebe Waller-Bridge and from the way that she writes and the way she performs that it feels like something else. Whereas Watchmen feels like the, like, you know, an amazing TV show that yeah. was well-crafted and, you know, put together by pros and done in a way that, you know, Anyone, everyone involved should, you know, take a bow. Um, but Fleabag is something that I watched and was like, I don't even know, I don't even know how you, how you do this. Like, it doesn't, my brain doesn't work in the way that this show works. Um, and that, uh, I applaud that. Yeah, so. yeah. It really connected in a way that, like, emotionally, that I've never yeah. really seen a show be able to pull off in that way. Yeah. In, in, yeah, in a way that I can't really explain either. I mean, it was yeah. about a hot priest. <laughs> and that's uh, a punchline, but also it was really about a hot priest, and he right. was super hot, and right. you really fell in love with him. Right. And uh, we're not going to spoil it all for Tori, but Tori, just know there's a hot priest. I, and, I am uh, fully, and I love Andrew Scott, so... <laughs> There are many reasons why I look forward to watching Fleabag. I'm kind always, of wondering more and more why you haven't yeah, watched yeah. it yet. So but, short. Um, There's a lot of cartoons. Well, that's fair. Uh, and number one for me, of course, uh, th- this is difficult. You know, uh, Watchmen is one of the one of the. You know, it, it it should be number one, and rightfully so is number one on a lot of lists. But I just have to give it to the Mandalorian. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. No, I'm sorry, Tori. I'm kidding. Um, what? <laughs> plot twist. Uh, no, I love the Mandalorian. It is an amazing show. But my real number one, and, and because specific, I can do this. Th- this is your fault, Tori. Because, or this is your gift to me, is that because you put the Mandalorian number one, I get to I get to do this. And no. I get to put I it, get to make Lodge Forty Nine my number one uh, show of the year. We were supposed to be a coalition, Dan. <laughs> I wouldn't have and, done it. Oh, you know what? You know, if we're all just gonna start telling the truth around here, I'm going to bed. <laughs> Look, Lodge Forty Nine is a show that not enough people watch. It was canceled after season two. Um, but there's something 
it, it's a it's a show that I've gone back and started rewatching, um, and to me that's kind of my in a weird way that's kind of my uh, my gauge of how much I actually love a show is how much I'll go back and rewatch it. Um, so all, you know, all the shows on on my list I've watched more than once, um, and Lodge Forty Nine was one that kind of snuck up on me because I didn't I didn't watch the first season in real time I caught up to it later. Season two, I watch week to week, um, and I think that there's something. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I, I. I don't have. This isn't a fully formed thought, but I. I think to me, as much as I was blown away by a lot of shows this year, and you know, fundamentally, 2019 was an amazing year for television. Um, I think the top three for me is indicative indicative of the kind of shows that I'm drawn to, probably in general, but. There's a certain kind of optimism in all these shows. Um, that's like kind of, it's kind of like a, a mixture of like a dark optimism. Um, the Good Place, you know, shows this optimism in the face of kind of eternal damnation. Uh, in Fleabag, it's about uh, her, her, Phoebe Waller Bridge's, you know, her character's growth and her like ability to try and you know overcome her issues. And uh, and for Lodge Forty Nine, there's kind of, it's a show that I, I continue to struggle to, to to describe, even as I as I'm continuously uh, recommending it to people. Um, but it, it, it exhibits this kind of beautiful, magical joy that's found in real life. And, and but, but, the, but more importantly than that, it talks about how this joy that you find is always intertwined with your pain, and one thing can't exist without the other. And um, for whatever reason, that kind of optimism uh, is something that, that resonates with me and really, really hits home with me in kind of like these, you know, it's kind of a cynical nihilistic time I guess I don't know um, I'm rambling on but anyway it's funny uh, that you mention optimism because you know if I were being honest I would have given my number one show to Woo Assassins which was you know about Woo the show is canceled. Podjiva is canceled. Tori is hurting me. You know what? No, just burn it all down. Tori is being mean. <laughs> There's nothing more optimistic than naming Wu Assassins the best show of the year. Um, you all suck. I don't think Tori. That I appreciate you, about Lodge 49 is sort of the uh, anti uh, Watchmen. Like where Watchmen is sort of like, it was constructed like to within an inch of its life. I mean, like every right. little thing. And Lodge Forty Nine just kind of flows freely and organically, and just sort of like, I don't know. It feels very stream of consciousness. Just right. Except that you know like they, the they put in. I'm sure. Right, but they is. put in just as much con- uh, as much work and care into constructing that as as Watchmen did to being kind of like meticulously crafted. I probably <laughs> it just okay. No, no, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. It just seems <laughs> that was a disagreement. That was absolutely. That was a disagreement. <laughs> it, just, it just seems. I think that you're. I, I I don't. I understand your point, Dustin, but I I think that you are underestimating like how like, like you can't you can't look you can't just be lackadaisical and come off as lackadaisical on television that you have to construct that you can't like like if you if you just do it for real it's just going to be flat and un- uninteresting um i don't know i think i think that uh you don't think there's like an actual improvisational 
quality to oh, it? Oh, absolutely not. Not with the the way that the way that those speeches are written. There's no way. Mm. Like those are those are crafted by writers who are like, no, you have to say it the way that we the way that we wrote it. You know, it didn't occur to me until this week that that's Bill Murray's brother. Brian Doyle Murray. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a good cast in there. Yeah, it, you know, it is. If you bother to watch, but, you know. <laughs> um, look, all of us are probably wrong uh, and right, um, but really, uh, really, The Mandalorian is a is a show of 2019. Yeah. Right? Thank you. There you go, Baby Yoda. <laughs> Heard it here first. Baby Yoda. Right. Pod Jiba, uh, nomin- yeah, officially <laughs> declares The Mandalorian. Right of our of our all of our number one shows, The Mandalorian is still number one. Exactly. There's some Disney exec that just stumbled across this. He's like, <laughs> well, can we quote you on that? And they were like, yes, if you quote yes. us in Pajiba. <laughs> uh, anyway, I feel like that's enough nonsense for, for this show. Well, I think so, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no game this week because, you know, we've we've already yelled at each other and we're tired or I'm tired I don't know uh, that's the show this is actually our last full episode for 2019 although we have a couple of mini episodes coming uh, the the week of Christmas and the week of New Year's so look out for those um, do you guys have any any last last things you want to say before uh, before we go into uh, 2020 uh, uh, no not a thing <laughs> There's some Vote. TV coming. <laughs> you know that that our our first show back is going to have to be us talking about all of the winter television, right? What winter television? Well, I guess Doctor Who on New Year's Day. There's gonna be Doctor Who. There's gonna be uh, the morning uh, show finale. Uh, Mr. Well, Robot well, finale. You know. Well, you know. You know I, I don't know what Dustin said, but uh, I didn't realize this because I got into it. Um, so the CW, they're doing their Crisis on Infinite Earths, their like big comic book crossover thing with like all the shows. Oh right. Normally they do it all in a week. Mm-hmm. I got three episodes in because it was Supergirl, Batwoman, and the Flash. The Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow don't air the so like Crisis. Their episodes of it don't air until January fourteenth. I believe. So it's like... Crisis, so it's like a month? Yeah, Crisis on Infinite Earths like, just stopped halfway through and you have to wait till next year. I oh. was so annoyed. <laughs> Did they leave on like a giant cliffhanger? Yeah, I mean, it's all kind of... Yeah, it's all kind of a big deal. So <laughs> anyway, so that's lame. Um, that is lame. That's super lame. But yeah. But, but, but now you've given me an idea. Should we end this show on a big cliffhanger? Only if you've stopped recording it, like, three seconds ago, when you're in the middle of that sentence. <laughs> Should we when end we this on back, a clip? Next year, one of us will no longer be on the show. Who It'll will be it be? I'm about to storm off. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, I feel like my ch- my ch- like this was my test, and I, you guys come back from break, and it's like, so it turned out Tori has terrible yeah. taste in television. <laughs> We've run on someone way better. No, we can't get rid of you, Tori, because the fans like you. I don't think that's... We have fans? We have fans. Uh, <laughs> we, all I know is that, you know, you guys don't have to read them, but we've gotten feedback and reviews, and people love Tori and, and her her taste, and they also love Dustin's voice. And uh, no mention of Dan, but, you know, that's okay. 
Um, you know what you could have done to really grease the wheels? Name Mandalorian your number one. <laughs> Mandalorian is the best show yes. of 2019. Full stop. Uh, Lodge what? I don't know. I don't even have AMC anymore because i got to cancel AT&T AT &T TV. Yeah, Because uh, they're the worst. Um, anyway... Uh, we'll, you know, obviously those mini shows for the last couple of weeks, but we'll be back in 2020 with full episodes again. Um, so, but the whole uh, we'll have vim and vigor, and we'll we'll we'll, you know, have I don't know, we'll have a brand new lease on life that we'll yeah, spend watching television. It's a new year, and we'll all feel energized and coming out of the holiday season with. Excitement. I don't know, guys. There's no flea bag. There's no uh, Watchmen next year, so. Yeah, but well, what shows there's going to be uh, Avenue Five and uh, New yes. Curb and uh, mm. <laughs> Lincoln, Lincoln, the Hunt for the Bone Collector. When is oh Westworld? There you go. Oh, nobody knows when Westworld's coming back. I thought it was coming back. They've already That's had trailers. Right back. January, I think. Yeah. Is it January? Oh, okay. Well, back. there you go. Don't so shut up, Dustin. Scare me. <laughs> Dustin, you shut up. You shut up you until 2020. You come back with a better attitude. Ooh, and Brooklyn Nine-Nine will be back. Oh, that's right. See, so many good things and to we'll look forward to. And we'll have the finale. We'll have the end of The Good Place. Well, that, that I'm not looking forward to. Well, no, but, but it'll be good television. Well, yeah, but... Um, all right, thanks. See you next year. <laughs> Bye, guys. Good night.